Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode is brought to you by The Future Of. Join Todd Hirsch, ATB's Vice President and Chief Economist, as he connects with special guests who offer unique and useful perspectives about the future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. From the future of women in business to the changing nature of work itself, The Future Of helps us understand what's coming and what we need to do today to get to the tomorrow that we want. Featuring two episodes each month plus bonus episodes, The Future Of includes interviews with top community and business leaders from Alberta and around the world. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found, and connect to ask your questions about the future by emailing thefutureof at atb.com. It's never a nice feeling when someone who you're close to, who you consider a friend, kind of unexpectedly turns cold on you. Yeah, especially when you don't know why, right? Yeah. Like it's, that's, it's terrible. It's the worst. And then you have that awkward situation where you need to ask them what you did so that you can apologize for it and it's awkward because oftentimes they'll be like oh well if you don't know what you did i'm not going to tell you oh, i hate that. you don't know what to be sorry about it's uh real frustrating <laughs> either you're trying to tell me something or you're leading me somewhere but well, leading you into the chapter that's what i thought i didn't think you were mad at me no goodness no Smooth sailing over here. <laughs> I uh, love you too. Yeah. And I mean, our our relationship is built on a foundation of communication. Usually. So when one of us has a problem, generally speaking, we, we will talk to the other about it. Yes. That's why I love you so much. Yeah. This is a safe space. <laughs> it absolutely is. And, and it is a safe space that we have invited you into. And, and we are certainly not cold with you right now, gentle reader, because... Uh, <laughs> We, we are continuing to put out the podcast. We assume that you are cozied up next to a crackling fire, wearing your, your warm socks. <laughs> it is my hope that you enjoy our podcast the same way that you would enjoy a book. Or a book club, at the very least. So, like, wine. Some, snacks. Some snacks, yeah. Snacks are very important to a book club. Absolutely. At least they're important to my book club. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the wine was more important to your book club. No, no, no. You, you underestimate the importance of the snacks. Fair enough. I've uh, Nita has hosted her book club at our house. I have seen the spread she puts out. You get the leftovers. Yeah, she, she feeds her book club better than she feeds me. That's not true. Usually. <laughs> uh, at any rate, um, we, we diverge wildly from the uh, actual <laughs> opening I had kind of intended to. I'm sorry, to we be. are slightly off topic. But, so let's go back to uh, your your hype. Hypothetical imaginary friend is hypothetically mad at you. Nope, it's too late. We've moved beyond that. And now <laughs> oh. we're going to delve into a recap of our previous chapter where we caught up with Tracker a month after he entered the Darklands and a day after he left it. Right. Yes. <laughs> where he uh, discovers there's been a bit of a time dilation. He has yet another fight with Leopard. He has to deal with uh, Sadogo, who's a real sad Ogo right now. 
uh, and just generally has a miserable time uh, with his companions, so he goes off to find a little different companionship and nearly gets murdered for it, but at least finds out some interesting clues into an interesting and vexing mystery. And that leads us into Chapter 12 of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. So the next morning, uh, Tracker awakens early and heads outside. He's decided he wants to go take a bath down at the river. Yeah, this is one of those nobody's up and I kind of want to be alone. He doesn't want to deal with these people anymore. No. Not really. He does note the uh, Seven Wings mercenary flag flapping nearby. Uh, they're still in the background. Indeed, he's going to have a run-in with one of the Seven Wings this chapter. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. So uh, they're still in the narrative. They haven't been relegated to the background yet. So something is definitely up with that. Yeah. Tracker also notes as he goes to leave that there is a buffalo hanging around in the courtyard of the house. <laughs> Just a random buffalo. I love this buffalo so much. And he notes that the buffalo is paying unusual attention to him. Right? And and it kind of unsettles him. And then the <laughs> buffalo, like, moves to block him from leaving. And finally, like, leans over and uses a horn to hook the curtain he's been wearing as a toga and rips it off. And Tracker's like, oh, what, you don't like what I'm wearing? Fine, <laughs> buffalo. Have it your way. And goes to head down to the river, deciding, you know what, if anybody asks, I'll just say I was robbed. <laughs> like, who cares? I'm not, I'm not having this fight this morning with a buffalo. Yeah, and the buffalo ends up following him down to the river. And present Tracker, talking to the Inquisitor, notes, truth be told, buffalo, pretty cool dude. Great traveling companion. <laughs> Love this buffalo. He's so funny. Tracker and the buffalo head down to the river. He strikes up some conversation with it uh, while he's kind of bathing and, and decorating his body with with pigments. <laughs> you just, you know, strike up a conversation with the stray buffalo that's followed you around. Well, he's gleaned pretty quickly that this is no ordinary buffalo. This is a <laughs> buffalo of unusual intelligence. <laughs> Still, it amuses me a great deal. Yeah, and... Uh, he learns from the buffalo's gestures that uh, the buffalo came from the West, and he gleans that it did come at the behest of Sogolon. And it appears correctly guesses that after a month of waiting for him, Leopard, Fumeli, and Sadogo, decided they were probably dead, and basically sent word for for more companions. One of which was a buffalo. One of which was a buffalo. Sure. Now, here's my question for you. We know we are in a world that is resplendent with shape changers. Yeah. Is this a were-buffalo? I don't know. Probably not. Could be a buffalo that's just really smart. It could just be a buffalo. But I'm curious if it's a buffalo who is a shape changer, but just hasn't decided to change shape back into a man at this time. Okay, so when Tracker had his encounter with the uh, Seven Wings... Yes. I don't know what else to call him. The way it was told was that the buffalo kind of wandered off on its own a bit. Yep. And then there was this rustle in the bushes, and then a man appeared. And I legitimately thought for a moment that the buffalo was a shape changer. I that this was the buffalo returning in man form. Yeah, I had that moment too. I had to reread for a second because I kind of lost the plot for a second. And I was like, oh, did the buffalo turn into people? Nope. Nope. Different people. Well, and obviously then by the end of the encounter, you're like, oh, no, no, separate person. Yeah, yeah. Because then the buffalo comes back again. Yes. <laughs> so good. 
Um, in fact, I'm under the impression the buffalo left because it sensed that there was someone coming. Oh, and that wanted, makes sense. And wanted to make itself briefly scarce. Well, yeah. Which is sense. impressive for a buffalo. For a buffalo. Yeah. It's a very smart buffalo. And apparently a ninja buffalo mm-hmm. because it disappears into the bush. Also a buffalo with a great sense of humor. Yes. A laughing buffalo. Quite so. The buffalo doesn't actually laugh, but does appear to laugh. Yeah. Seems very amused by as, Tracker. As laughing as a buffalo can get. Yeah. And Tracker actually warms to the buffalo pretty quickly. It's like, <laughs> this buffalo is a pretty cool dude. It's so good. And I mean, he's starved for good companionship since B.B. Dateman died. Aww. And we do like the buffalo. So let's be clear. Nita and I braced for this buffalo to not survive the chapter. <laughs> so Scott read the chapter first. As he frequently does lately in our in our books. And when he passed the book on to me to read, I asked him, how was the chapter? And he said, oh, we met, we met a new character. And I think you're really going to like him. And I went, oh, no, does he immediately die? <laughs> buffalo does not die at this time. I hope Buffalo doesn't die at all. I'm, I've, I like this Buffalo. Well, as you mentioned, a strange man with an unusual accent uh, approaches after the buffalo disappears into the bush and asks Tracker what he's doing. Tracker mocks his accent in reply uh, throughout much of this conversation. And the two exchange some insults. uh, And finally, the man basically just kind of challenges him. He is a seven-wing mercenary, as you mentioned. Yep. Tracker doesn't really have time for this this morning. Like, he didn't come here spoiling for a fight. And he briefly considers just blowing the guy off and being like, I I do not have time for you. Well, and it's not like Tracker even picked this fight. No. Dude came out of the bushes itching on his own, I guess, for a fight. It's like, hey, there's a guy down by the river. I'm going to go kill him? I'm going to go Because I feel like it, I guess? Uh, The dude, however sets Tracker off with some rather homophobic comments that Tracker finally is just like, hey, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. All right, fine. We're doing this. And I was, I actually made a note. Oh, he was just thinking he needed a new pair of hatchets. And this guy happens to have two axes. (laughs) How convenient. Indeed. And he does indeed pull them out to fight Tracker. And then the buffalo just like hoves up out of nowhere, (laughs) hooks the guy with a horn and sends him flying head over heels into a nearby field. So good. Dude is stunned by the ambush from a buffalo. Sudden buffalo. And uh, staggers away, but leaves his axes behind. So Tracker's like, sweet, new hatchets. (laughs) And then kind of chides the- buffalo. Yeah, actually, his thanks buffalo is a little more sarcastic than that, because he's (laughs) like, you took your sweet time, buffalo. And so- Uh, He and the buffalo return to the house. And at the time they get back, everyone has awoken. Sogolon is outside the house chatting with a man that Tracker assumes is the owner of the house. We don't get confirmation of that, but it's certainly strongly implied. Yeah. It's this weird non-conversation that they have, quote unquote, with Tracker. They keep talking to each other, intending for him to overhear, but not actually talking to him. Yeah. And very talking over his head in a very condescending way. And he finds it incredibly rude and irritating, especially because the way they're talking, it's like you two aren't even sharing information with one another. You're just both saying stuff you both already know. It's what is even happening? (laughs) Right. We do learn a couple fun tidbits here, though. According to the man, it's not just the Seven Wings mercenaries mobilizing, and it's not just in Congor. Apparently, armies are just lousy in the kingdom right now. Everybody with a weapon is being called up. He and Sogolon also discuss politics a bit, suggesting that the northern kingdom 
might be spoiling a bit for a fight because apparently in the previous war, when the Southern Kingdom was defeated and they withdrew, they actually only withdrew to territory they had previously conquered. And so they still own a bit of territory that the Northern Kingdom's kind of like, eh, it belongs to us. And there's some speculation, maybe King Quash is looking to get that back. However, there's also speculation that the Mad King in the South has wound himself back up and he might be spoiling for a fight. So who's to say? Certainly, war's a brewing. <laughs> Point is, fights are coming. Tracker finally has enough of this weird non-conversation. And, I mean, uh, he hasn't even had breakfast yet. He's in no mood. Yeah, he heads inside and Leopard is like waiting for him and comes at him immediately. And Tracker braces himself. He's like, all right, this is happening. We're going to finally have it out. We're going to clear the air. And instead, Leopard just like scoops him up in an embrace and is like, bro, where have you been? It feels like it's been forever since we've hung out. What's up? <laughs> and Tracker is like, excuse me, what now? Who are you and what have you done with my Leopard? Which is interesting because that's what he should have been saying weeks ago right? when Leopard started acting strange. Leopard legit does not seem to clearly remember the past few weeks. Uh, and he is acting completely different. He's acting more like the leopard who met Tracker at the inn. Yes. And offered him the job. Ye old leopard. Than the, tra than the leopard that he's been traveling with for the past little while. Cranky leopard. Yeah. Leopard's super jovial here. He's hungry. He mentions, I saw that buffalo outside and I thought I might take a bite out of him. But that is, that is a smart buffalo. Not taking on that <laughs> buffalo. Fumeli returns around this time too and tells Leopard, you need, you're not done recovering. You need to go back to the room right now. And Leopard's like, nah, I'm cool. See you later, buddy. <laughs> Quiet boy, I'm and, hungry. And then notably tells Tracker, I should probably ditch that boy soon. Like I've been leading him on. And Tracker's like, yeah, you should have probably done that months ago. And that is the second sign of weirdness because he and Fumeli were thick as thieves like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Tracker doesn't want to talk at the house. They grab some food and he's like, you know what? I don't trust anyone here. We should go take a walk. He and Leopard head out to chat privately. Buffalo follows them. <laughs> and uh, Tracker catches him up. And Leopard is legitimately dissociated from all of it. He describes it as though he has the memory of all of what Tracker is telling him secondhand. Like somebody told him all this stuff previously and he's remembering it because it's being fed back to him, but he doesn't remember actually having experienced any of it. Yeah, like it's it's this weird disconnect for him. Yeah. So Tracker ultimately kind of explains everything to him, kind of recaps everything that we know up until this point. And even he, after he's done explaining it all to Leopard, is like, having said that all out loud, it makes no sense to me. It's super confusing. <laughs> like nothing is adding up yet. Although I appreciate, if you take a step out of the story for a second, I appreciate the rehash of the very confusing plot. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. James, for explaining it to me again, because sometimes I have trouble following it. Well, and also just kind of laying it all out again, because <laughs> we've learned some pieces, but we haven't seen it all put together. together. Yeah. yeah. Tracker is canny enough in this moment to recognize that something is up with Leopard and that it might have something to do with Fumeli and straight up tells Leopard, you know what, whatever Fumeli is making you smoke, you need to stop doing it. I think Tracker is on the nose here. And this comes back up later on too. Mm -hmm. um, we'll put a pin in this because I want to get back to it. Yeah. They get back. Um, they find Sadogo still on the floor nursing his grudges. Yeah. Poor Sadogo. Yeah. He's been lost in reverie. Uh, about his days working 
for terrible people ever since his encounter with the Mad Monkey. And apparently he still hasn't gotten through all of this. Yeah, and just the recounting of violence from him is just sad. Leopard goes off to rejoin Fumeli, which is probably a terrible idea, and Tracker probably should have stopped him. But hindsight being twenty twenty, Eh, Leopard's his own... I was going to say Leopard's his own man. He's his own cat. Yeah. Uh, any of those things. He can do what he wants, but someone should really point out to him that what he's doing is probably not healthy. Yeah, it's definitely not good for him. Sogolon and the girl are in the wind. Tracker wants to get on with the investigation, but he doesn't want to go alone. He's not certain Sodogo is mentally capable of handling the job at the moment. So he decides to kind of wait out Leopard. And finally, he gets tired of waiting. So he goes to get Leopard and is like, dude, we need to get on with this. Let's head to that house. Let's check it out. And Cranky Leopard. Yeah, he has gone cold again. He's once again deferring to Fameli. He's giving Tracker attitude. And Tracker is like, the hell, man. Right? What is your problem? Um, And Leopard straight up tells him, you know what? Tomorrow, me and Fameli, we're out of here. We're in the wind. Because... Number one, that boy has already been found by Nika. I'm sure of it. So who even cares about the job anymore? Number two, you were just planning to betray us all to take the money all for yourself anyway. So you know what? Done with you. And Tracker calls him out for acting like a child and has kind of had enough of this at this juncture. Yep. And to be fair, that's legitimate if you ask me. Yeah. Tracker has a point. Like, you can only take so much sniping from somebody before... You, you're just done. However, once again, he's perhaps a little on the nose because he doesn't take a swing at Leopard at this juncture. He goes for Fumeli. Right. And Fumeli is just a helpless babe. Tracker can easily kill him. But unfortunately, Fumeli has Leopard there defending him. And Leopard nearly kills Tracker. They have it out. Yeah. I think it's kind of a release for Tracker to finally throw a punch or two, even if he gets like sideswiped. <laughs> and clawed and bloody. Yeah. Tracker basically at this juncture is like, you know what? You better both be gone in the morning. I don't even care anymore. Be Get out of here. And he heads out to go and check out Sadogo's room. This is Tracker making a mistake. <laughs> yes. Like you can see him making the mistake. He's pegged that something is wrong with Leopard and that Fumeli is certainly the cause of it. And he is just not mentally in the place where he wants to deal with it, which is a shame because Leopard is his friend. Yeah, but Leopard is not also his responsibility, no, nor his problem. Not. No, but I mean, if he likes Leopard as much as he seems to imply he does, maybe he should protect Leopard from the person who is possibly bewitching him. Like, we can, let's be clear here. It's pretty obvious that Fumeli is worm-tonguing Leopard right now. Yes. He's a herald of worms. Somehow. Like, I don't is, know how, but somehow. He is all greasy and slimy and hanging over Leopard's shoulder and whispering poison in his ear, and he needs a Gandalf the White to show up and cast that guy out. The problem is, Tracker is hardly a Gandalf. No, he is He is most definitely not white as well, so... <laughs> anyway, enough Tolkien parallels. Onward. I mean, there are few Tolkien parallels here. In fact, it, we, as we've pointed out, this uh, book so far has been a harsh rebuke of Tolkien <laughs> because uh, Sogolon has straight up said you men can't have a fellowship because they're going to be too busy stabbing each other in the back because men is not trustworthy. I'm kind of on her side a little. 
So Tracker heads back to Sadogo's room and is like, fine, you know what? Sadogo, we're out of here. Let's go. Let's go check out this house. And Sadogo's like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you about some violence while we're on our way. Yeah. They end up following a group of masqueraders to Basu Fumanguru's house. And along the way, we learn a little bit about what this masquerade is. I liked this part. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a ritual, basically. Yeah. Allow me to make another parallel. It reminded me very much of a scene, more than one scene, actually, from James Bond. The hiding in the flamboyant crowd. It's like trying to hide in the middle of a Mardi Gras parade. Or the whole opening of Spectre where he basically hides during a Day of the Dead celebration. That's what it was like trying to hide Sadogo <laughs> in a crowd of revelers, basically. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And it's it's basically just so that they, like, Tracker is canny enough to know that Fumanguru's house is probably being watched. So that's the reason why he he ultimately tries to blend in with the crowd a little bit. And, and I mean, also, he's trying to hide a giant. So, well, exactly. And how do you hide? How do you hide an ogo? Well, in a giant masquerade. Yeah, I was half expecting the bison to follow him again, but <laughs> that would have been great. Sorry, the buffalo. Um, they search around, and uh, because Tracker realizes, yeah, I don't actually know where Fumanguru's house is, but sure enough, eventually they find a house that's a bit set apart. It's surrounded by just a wild thorn bush, and it smells of witchcraft. Even years later, so Tracker's like, "This has got to be the place." <laughs> Found it. Sadogo conveniently has metal gauntlets, so he just rips a bunch of the thorn bush out of the way, right? and uh, the two of them hop over the wall and into the overgrown garden of the house. Yes. They begin their search. The estate is abandoned. It's been left apparently largely untouched since the attack, based on what Tracker can see. Which is strange, because to hear other people talk about it, this is like the umpteenth person to have broken into this house. Well, but Tracker does see signs of other people having been there. Right, exactly. They're clearly not the first ones. No. Um, on the one hand, there's clear evidence still there of the night the Omaluzu attacked. Right. But there's also like, oh, somebody's been rifling through these books, and that certainly wouldn't be of any interest to ceiling demons. Mm -hmm. So someone has clearly been in here since. They, they find the urns that they put the bodies in, so clearly these bodies were prepared for some sort of... Ish. Ish. Some sort of funer funerary rites? Ish. Ish. The implication is that it was pretty hastily done. Well, yes, but still, it was done. Um, Another interesting note, Tracker picks up Sogolon's scent in the house. So she was lying to him and has been there in the past month. What? I mean, I'm not at all surprised, but at the same time, we had no indication that she had gone yet, other than her word that she hadn't. I forget. Did she outright say that she hadn't? Yeah. She outright told him, I have not been yet. And here's Tracker going, which you've, you've been here. But you've been in the city for a whole month. Well, she implied that she was waiting because she didn't want to go by herself. Mm. But apparently she w she is a big, fat, lying liar. Mm. And Tracker's like, well, I hope you found what you were looking for, witch lady. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, they do find the urns the family was buried in, which is uh, apparently per Kongori tradition. And yeah. they even think like Fumanguru might not have wanted this, but uh, he was dead. And they were trying to dispose of him quickly. So they note that his wife was straight cut in half, apparently, that Fumanguru has a smashed up face. And Tracker mentions, oh, that's that's pretty common when Umaluzu's take your face to wear. Yeah. And I was like, that's new information. Right. Sounds 
Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. In one of the final urns, uh, the urn of one of Fumanguru's sons, they find something that catches Tracker's eye, and he pulls free a piece of cloth and takes a smell to see what he might catch on the wind. And it is so strong and so bl- notably bloody that it actually like causes him to have a fit, and he right. passes out. He passes out. Uh, he comes to a short time later, and Sadogo's like, I was worried that you were taken by demons, my dude. Like, <laughs> you've been out for a couple minutes. And Tracker is like, you know what? It happens sometimes when I catch a really strong scent, and it's really clear. It just, it's overwhelming. But the good news is, I know exactly where that kid is right now. And that is where we end the chapter. Yeah. And next up will be Lucky Chapter 13. So, I still have some questions. Sure. What on earth did he actually find? Found a piece of cloth. I know, but what... A piece of cloth is super vague. Why was why was this child holding on to it to his very dying moment so hard that Tracker had to, like, reef it from his dead body? The implication is that it's an article of clothing from the missing boy. So it's possible that the young victim in question was trying to protect the boy up until the very final moment. Maybe. And and like a piece of the of his clothing was ripped away. Maybe? I didn't get that implication. I mean that's all. that's what I'm figuring. Ooh, makes Certainly sense. it's a piece of cloth that has been in contact with the boy if Tracker was able to pick up the scent. Yeah. But that it would be so strongly scented this much later and surrounded by that much death. I'm just I'm surprised. It was preserved in the urn all this time. Yeah, apparently. The way I read it I didn't get a lot out of it. So I was Curious. I mean, what what on earth does he have that is so strongly scented that it causes Tracker to pass out? Well, it's again, it's a bit vague because it happens all very quickly and then the chapter uh, abruptly ends. But that's that's my guess at the very least. We might find out specifically what it was next chapter. Or it might because presumably, at all. presumably at the very least, he's going to go and tell Sogolon, "Hey, I know where the boy is. We should go." Follow my nose. It always knows. <laughs> and she'll be like, "Oh, should we go tell Leopard?" And he'll be like, "Nah." Maybe. Or Leopard will be back to his old self again. And Tracker will be like, you need to kill Fumeli. Like, <laughs> now. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe those two will have it out. I don't know. See what happens. There's There are places for this story to go, and that pleases me. Indeed. Again, Black Leopard, Red Wolf is the title of our book. So presumably Leopard is going to continue to play into this in some fashion. Well, and is not actually going to leave. We are... About halfway through. Almost halfway through. Just just shy of halfway through, physically, through this book. And we've had a lot of leopard. We haven't had a title's amount of leopard. No, not yet. If leopard leaves the party now and does not return for the rest of the book, he did not merit being mentioned in the title. That's fair. It's <laughs> fair. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm happy to keep reading this one, so. Yeah. it's uh, It's been pretty good so far. I'm definitely invested in the mystery, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, me too. Perhaps we will learn more in Chapter 13, which you will want to read up on in time for next week. Yes, next Friday is indeed Christmas time, but rest assured, we will still have an episode coming out. Because lucky for you, we record several days before we publish. So we'll record pre-Christmas and then release on Christmas, and then, as a Christmas present to you, new podcast. Kind of of a... Showing people how the sausage is made there a little bit, but (laughs) but yes, uh, we our publishing schedule does include Christmas Day, uh, which shouldn't be an issue for us. So you will have new content then 
to enjoy. Yay! Yay. In the meantime, um, we learn a little bit more about Congor uh, in this chapter and indeed in the previous chapter. And um, just how it is yet another very interesting community and very interesting city in what is a very different and uh, interesting fantasy world. And my experience personally is that most cities in real life are quite storied and have interesting histories to them. And that includes right here in our hometown of Edmonton. The Edmonton City as Museum Project, ECAMP, tells the stories of the people, places, things, and moments that make Edmonton our city. For the upcoming season of the ECAMP podcast, you can help tell these stories by applying by January 8th to join the team as production coordinator or as one of our segment hosts. Whether you're a history nerd, a podcasting whiz, or just looking to tell community stories through sound, visit citymuseumedmonton.ca slash podcast. ECAMP, an Edmonton Heritage Council initiative, needs emerging and experienced audio storytellers to bring to life a series on queer, immigration, and neighborhood histories. Join the ECAMP podcast team. Visit citymuseumedmonton.ca slash podcast and apply by January 8th. Sounds cool. It is very cool. Now, we realize that ad is kind of time sensitive. Yes, if you are listening to this podcast months after the fact, unfortunately, you will be too late. Just never mind. Indeed. Um, we, we've been kind of bandying about the idea of switching up uh, the way we host our podcasting so that we can actually plug in ad spots week to week that slot in so you're always hearing an up-to-date ad but we uh we continue to want to do this cheap as free because <laughs> we're doing it you know as a project of of love out of our basement and we don't have a lot of overhead that way it's true this is sort of a couple thing we do indeed we're not we're not exactly paying the bills with it no you can however help us pay the bills with it by checking out some of the other sponsored podcasts which are part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can find them all right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. There are tons of podcasts there on innumerable subjects. Mm. And then once you find one you like, you can download it or possibly stream it on your podcatcher of choice. Correct. While you're there, you may wish to also give us a little rating and a review. That helps our visibility and helps us out greatly. Yeah. At the very least, tell us if you like us or hate us. You can do that as well on social media. Yes. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the Read Along on most of those. We are also available via email. We are the Read Along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. More Buffalo. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. 